Good morning, everybody. I want to welcome everybody out this morning. My name is Gary. Um, I am finishing the second part of a lesson that I started two weeks ago. Uh, we had a little bit of a break last week due to unforeseen circumstances, shall I say. I was all ready to go, and about an hour before uh, services hit, I found out that a close friend that I'd recently been reunited with had passed away. And uh, I guess the safest way to say this, or I was a blum, blubbering idiot. <laughs> now, idiot's probably not just too harsh, but I was unable to uh, stand before you last week as a result of that. And so Tim's jumped in. And so I'm here to finish the lesson I started two weeks ago, uh, or, or give you the second part of it, uh, which we've entitled, The Abused and Neglected Command of, or Instruction of Jesus. And if you were here, you know we were talking about judging. In Matthew chapter 7 and verses 1 and 2, you've heard the verse before, even if you're unfamiliar with the Bible, it says, Do not judge others and you will not be judged. For you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. And we talked about this because this is abused and neglected in one of two ways. One, a lot of times this is used, it says, you're not supposed to judge me. See what it says. We're not supposed to judge each other. The other extreme of that is where someone says, oh, no, 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 no. They look at it and they go, that's not what Jesus is saying. Uh, But they take it as a license to judge everything. And they take the uh, judge on as their personal job description. Okay? Where they are supposed to judge what everyone else is doing inside and outside of the church, inside and outside of the kingdom of God. And uh, those are two extremes. And a lot of times it's, it's just the ne- neglected. And as we talked about two weeks ago, Jesus does expect us to make judgments. In uh, the next verse in your notes there in John chapter 7 and 24, this is what he says, Stop judging by mere appearances, but instead judge correctly. And we, we talked about that, that, you know, Jesus expects us to make judgments. He's not telling us in Matthew 7 not to judge. He's telling us how we should judge and what we should take into consideration when judging. And we talked about, uh, one of the things I talked about in particular is we're, we're not supposed to be judging those outside of the kingdom of God. Did you know that? Basically, and I, I put it in the nut phrase, coined a phrase from today, is ain't nobody got time for that. It's a waste. Okay, Jesus doesn't, they're judgment, they're outside of the kingdom. We know they're not right with God. We know they're not going to follow the instructions of our king. That's that's already determined. You don't need to judge them. But we do need to be concerned about those fellow citizens of the kingdom of God and making sure we are paying attention to the instructions of our king. We were told, we looked at the fact that we're not supposed to to make judgments in, in, in disputable matters. And we're going to be talking about that more in a little bit here today. And so guys, if you if you missed that last, or two weeks ago and you want to go back and listen to it and look at the notes... Uh, those are both online. And so we encourage you uh, to do that. And uh, we'll go from there. Um, what I wanted to continue on with today, there's a couple passages I want to read. And the first one is, in, is, is the verses that followed 
The first two verses in Matthew 7 that we read earlier, they're in Matthew 7, verses 3 through 6. They will be up on the screen. And this is what Jesus had to say. Uh, I'll tell you what, I'm going to go ahead and start back with verse 1 and then go through, through it all. It says, Do not judge others and you will not be judged. For you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give to dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Guys, when you look at the the instructions of Jesus here, and this has been dissected in many times and in many places, but if you look at it just for what it says, to me it's very plain. We need to be concerned about the standard by which we are judging. Okay, that's what Jesus is saying. Whatever standard I use, if I use a very strict standard judging you, that's how I'm going to be judged. And if I use a, a, a very light standard, or let's say a more of a godly standard for judging, that's how godly's that's how God's going to judge me. How do I want to be judged? That standard is what he is talking about and wanting us to pay attention to. And then he goes on and he tells this story about the speck in your brother's eye and the, and the plank or the log in your eye. And you need to deal with your log and your speck first. And it's like, what is he talking about here? Now, clearly he's saying don't be a hypocrite. Okay, but I, but but for simplicity's sake, and I believe this is this is exactly what he's saying: is the standard that you need to use to be judging, you need to judge yourself with first. That's what he's saying. What that's what taking the plank out of your eye is about. All about is recognizing that you have a problem, dealing with it. And when I say a problem, I'm meaning you have a problem with you and God. Okay, that's what, that's what we're talking about here when we're talking about a plank. You want to call it a sin? You want to call it a weakness? You want to call it a struggle? You want to call it rebellion? All those terms qualify. And we'll talk about that a little bit in depth here in a minute. But basically what you're saying is, you need to be judging yourself. And using the same, and that's the standard you should use to judge other people. Now that gets a little, little hairy, and it's a nice generalization. It's easy to understand. But how does that play out in real life? Well, in Romans chapter 14, the Apostle Paul begins begins applying this principle uh, to, to a situation that was going on within the Roman church in that day. And specifically what was going on is you had people who were from a Jewish background, and you had people from a non-Jewish background, which is referred to as a Gentile background, or Gentiles, and they brought the, the Jewish people in particular were bringing their past practices into Christianity, and the Gentiles were bringing their past thoughts 
into Christianity, and there was a, 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 a battle of what was right. And I encourage you, if you did not, I encourage you two weeks ago, back and read Romans chapter 14 and Romans, Romans chapter 15. And we're going to be going through those today, but I want to begin today reading these first four verses. In Romans 14, this is what it says. It says, except the one whose faith is weak without quarreling over disputable matters. One person's faith allows them to eat anything, but another whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. The one who eats everything must not treat with contempt the one who does not. And the one who does not eat everything must not judge the one who does. For God has accepted them. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To their own master, servants stand or fall, and they will stand, for the Lord is able to make them stand. Now, I don't know, when you read through that, you may say, it's a little confusing, Gary. You tell me you're supposed to judge those inside the kingdom. And here's a situation where it's clear one is weak and one is strong. And he's telling both of them, don't judge each other. But he said, we're supposed to make judgments and we're supposed to make right judgments. And if you go, if you've read Romans 14, I'll give you a spoiler alert in place you plan on reading it. One of them's right. Okay? Either the one who eats just vegetables or the one who eats everything. One of them is right. And he tells, we'll get into that in a minute also. But he's telling both of them the same thing. Don't judge. Why? This is a situation where judgment should not be executed. And so like, how does that all play in? Well guys, I want to, I want to talk about this. And to, and to get into this, I'm going to do something a little different. I'm going to try to use this fine, lovely whiteboard up here real quick. Uh, we bought this a few years ago. I don't know how well this will work, but we're going to do it. You see, guys, when you look at the kingdom of God, typically what you think about, or when we we talk about, I talked earlier about judging by the standards of the world. And sometimes you've got the world on one side, is how you look at this. And you've got the kingdom of God on the other. Okay? And you look at this, and over here in the kingdom of God, what do you have? You have, you have love, and you have patience. And you have unity. And you have peace. And over here in the world, what do you have? You have hatred. And you have division. Okay? And you have judgment. And you have turmoil. And you have unrest. And you could go on and on and on and on and on and on. But too many times, guys, we think it is a clear, uh, we think it was a clear dividing line. That's the world. That's the kingdom. But the truth is, it's an, it's a mixed up situation. And let me show you that just a little bit more. Pretty fancy, huh? That's not a really clear illustration. Guys, the truth of the matter is, this whole this whole whiteboard represents the world. And the kingdom of God is represented I'm going to represent this with these little circles, okay? 
And they're all over the place. There's some here. And over here, there's a big circle and, and there's, there's all kinds of it. And this is where all, each one of these circles represents an individual who is living in allegiance to Jesus. You see guys, that is what the kingdom of God is really all about. Whenever you find an individual or group of individuals who are living under the dominion of the king, okay, which is Jesus, that is where the kingdom of God is at. So when we're over here as individuals in the world on our job or at home or out shopping and we're all by ourselves, we are a representative of the kingdom of God in a dark world. Alright? And when we gather together in little groups, you know, like we tend to do, we have small groups that get together, and uh, maybe we go out to eat, maybe we meet in somebody's house. Uh, we're the kingdom of God there as well. And then this is, this is more like the church. This is when we're all together. Now, what can, I, just, I just talked about this, where we are... What these, what the, what the circle represents is those who are living under the dominion of Jesus. Okay? And that, the Bible, I love the way the Bible does this. The Word of God doesn't give just one term for things. And it's a mistake whenever we just grab a hold of one term for something. Like the term disciple. That is the word we should use our disciples. That's the word Jesus used to describe His followers, His disciples. And we've got three characteristics of the disciples. And we're told to go make disciples. And you ignore other aspects. You know, I was, uh, just a little story. I, my wife and I were discussing this morning and, uh, I made a judgment about my wife. Okay? I did it. I told her about it verbally and I'm still here to stand to tell you about it. I'm setting you up. Don't worry. Uh, we were, we were having a discussion about, uh, you know, uh, what are, what, what our activities of, of representing Jesus should look like. And, the, the contrast or the struggle between what we used to think and what we think today. And I, I, I put my arm around her and said, I need, to ma- I need to tell you, I've judged you, honey. And she says, what's that? I said, I judge you as a good and faithful servant. You see, guys, because that's another term that's used to describe the followers of Jesus. A good and faithful servant. What's that mean? That means that she is good and she is faithful to representing Jesus. That is her goal. That is her desire. And that's what her words and her actions represent. Does she do that perfectly? I'm her husband. No, she doesn't. Okay? But I can tell you that is the direction, that is the goal, that is the way she goes, and she hits that target with great accuracy a high percentage of the time. Okay? That's good and faithful servant. There's, there's others that just simply say, I'm a follower of Jesus. Okay? There's another one that says, I am led by the Spirit. Now these are all different descriptions of, of the same target, which is, which is, which is bowing down to our King Jesus and representing Him in this world. We're trying to follow Jesus. What does that mean? We're following His example. We're following His words. We're trying to do the things, the type of things that He would do. What does this mean, led by the Spirit? Well, He's, when Jesus left, He sent His Holy Spirit to live inside of us and to guide us. 
Okay? And, and it's, it's very accurate to say, it, instead of saying I'm a follower of Jesus or I'm a disciple, if you say, listen, I get up every day and I, I seek to be led by the Spirit and I'm looking for the Spirit's leading in my life, you're moving, that's the Lordship of Jesus. You're following. And there's, and there's a number of, a number of different descriptions of this. Now the truth of the matter is, and all of these guys are just, they're just, this is their direction. They're, they're looking in the direction of Jesus, not the direction of the world. That means Jesus is influencing us more than the world is. This is the direction we're going. Now the truth of the matter is, and, and this is my description, this isn't something I find in, in, in scripture or, or a specific scripture to look at, but what I describe this, this border around the kingdom of God in generic terms that encompasses all of these is allegiance to Jesus. You've heard me use this term. You know, you want to, you want to know if you are a citizen in the kingdom of God, have you pledged your allegiance to Jesus? Have you said, this is my target over here? And is that, is that the direction I'm moving in and continue to move in? Okay? Because this is the, this is the truth of the matter. This is the one standard that we should be judging everybody by, each, everybody, each other by is are we still following Jesus? Are we pointing at Jesus? See, the situation in Romans 14 that we read about, where the one person just eats vegetable and the other person eats everything, okay? And it says, don't judge each other. One of you is right. Which means what? Somebody else is wrong. Okay? But it says both of them make their decision... To the Lord. The person that eats everything does so to the Lord. That means they've made it in faith. They've looked at what Jesus has to say. They have a desire to live under the Lordship of Jesus, to represent Him well. And they have determined, one has determined, I should not eat meat sacrificed to idols. I should not eat meat, period. And you don't need to get into all the reasons why. That is what they determined. And what they're saying is, do not judge that person. He goes on, spoiler alert, the guy that's right is the guy that says, I can eat everything. But he tells both of them the same thing. Why? Because neither one are in violation of the Lordship of Jesus. Neither one has broken their allegiance to Jesus. In fact, they've made a decision based on their allegiance to Jesus. Now they disagree. Great way. You want to know how to handle disagreement? You have to understand, are they looking at the Lordship of Jesus? Now here's here's where the rub comes in. Here's where the real problem comes in. Okay? I already said, this is my red border is our allegiance to Jesus. Now, I don't know about you. No, I do know about you, okay? Because we're all human. I'm going to quote the words of Jesus to point what I say. This is the way it really looks. You see, part of this border, part of our life, we have allegiance to Jesus, but we're allegiant to other things as well. We have other influences. I think I got a third color. Oh, I got purple. 
Let me get out of the way there, guys. See, that's what, that's really the, what it is. Red is, we are, we are allegiant to Jesus. We've pledged our allegiance to Jesus, but we have other things. There's a passage that I shared two weeks ago. Let me read it here. It's, uh, found in the parable of the soils, uh, in both Matthew 13, uh, Mark 4 and Luke 8. And it's talking about Jesus talking about thorny soil. He said, the seed that fell among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth and the desire for other things come in, pleasures, and choke out the word, making it unfruitful, and they do not mature. You see, guys, over here, what do we have? We have worries. Two eyes and worries. Sorry about that. And we have pleasures. And we have desires. And guys, these all influence us. I think in general what you want to say, and this is, I think this is fair, these are the words of Jesus. If you want to take all three of these, what do they represent? They represent my self-interest. All of us do to some extent have that. That's why Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, what must they do? They must deny themselves. They must not recognize these interests. And they must instead pursue Him. And guys, every one of us falls into this situation. Now what happens when we have two people who have pledged allegiance to Jesus, but they don't recognize the the conflict of their own desires, or, or their desires get mixed up with Jesus' desires. That's a fair way to say it. That's how thorns do, isn't it? They get involved with the plants and they choke out. That's what the description that Jesus gave. Okay, that we don't recognize that our desires are, 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 are intermingled with our desire to follow Jesus. And this is where it comes time to judge. That's where we need to look and then be able to say, okay, listen, are you really following Jesus? Or are you following your own self-interest? Now, do you know what happens when you get two people in the kingdom and they don't recognize this? And they're judging not by the interests of Jesus, but they're more dominated by their own self-interests? You have a problem. And you have what Jesus is telling us not to do. That's what Romans 14 is about. You have two, two groups that are both following Jesus. One's right, one's, I hate to use the word wrong there, but it's accurate. <laughs> okay, and he says don't, don't judge each other on that. Recognize the fact that you are both following Jesus. Well, what about the, and that's the, that's the rub, guys. I mean, I've, I know I've thought this. How can I be in fellowship with someone who thinks so wrong? How can I be in fellowship with somebody who teaches something? Because that's what, that's what you, that's what you do. The people with the, who are just eating the vegetables, they're trying to get everybody else to, to their standard, to follow their rules. And the people who are free to eat everything are saying, you can do that. You don't have to listen to them. And Jesus is, and Jesus, what Jesus is telling you guys, don't give up unity for the sake of your self-interest. 
for what you think is best. Guys, I think churches change. Churches become what God wants them to be. When at the center of why we gather together is allegiance to Jesus. That is what it's all about. Every one of us, and guys, I can, I can stand here, I can talk all day about mistakes I've made in the name of Jesus because my self-interest took over. I can do that. I can do that. But guys, that is the standard by which we are called to judge. It's based on allegiance to Jesus. And here's the truth. What he's saying is, if you find yourself in this category, this is the plank right here. This is the plank when you are judging, when you are, when you, when you are more interested in your self-interest than you are in the interest of Jesus. That's when you have a plank in your eye. And what he's saying is you need to judge yourself first. You need to get rid of this. Okay, you need to be, create a lifestyle where you are repeatedly examining and taking those desires of your own and replacing them with the desires of Jesus. And once you've done that, guess what? Now you're in a position to help somebody else. And so guys, that is the standard of which we're called to judge. And I know some of you are probably looking at your clocks, going, you had not even started filling in the notes yet. And so guys, this was my plan, was to talk mainly about that, and then to move on. So I will try to, I, will, I plan on blowing through these very quickly. I won't even bring attention to the fact that Coral took seven of my minutes. No judging, no judging. By the way, just, no, 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 let me throw something in there. Fabulous, fabulous. Coral has many more stories of her faithfulness to Jesus with her money in helping others when she had far less than what she did today. And she was a perfect person to be up here. I know there's a number of... Real quick, how many of you sponsor a child? There are multiple people that have done it for years. Uh, Susan and I have done it for years. Our daughter did it, I believe still continues to do it. She started in middle school or high school. The teenagers here at the church support one. Uh, have for years. My daughter, I believe, is the one that initiated that. Fabulous fabulous, simple way to either begin or to continue to uh, use your resources to be faithful to the King. Anyway, guys, what I'm going to talk about is standards of the kingdom for judging myself. And I've already talked about this first one in large degree, but it is, am I following Jesus? When it comes to judging, and as Jesus said, first off, of making but but judge correctly and not judging by appearances and by not judging by the standards of this world, okay, we need to look at ourselves and say, okay, how, how am I following Jesus? And guys, that is real simple. I believe most of us in this room have pledged our allegiance to Jesus. That's why you're here. All right? I also know from experience and my experience as I've already shared, that it's easy to pledge your allegiance and then not to continue to pledge your allegiance. To let my desires get mixed up 
with following Jesus and to dominate that. Okay? And I, guys, I just want to, I just, I just want to, I think one of the, one of the clearest places for this is with regards to politics and social issues. Okay? And we can get so caught up in those that we miss the fact and we miss opportunities to represent Jesus in our daily lives. That, that's it. I, I, I was, I, this friend that passed away, I, I'd love to tell you his, this whole story because it's an amazing story of how God's in the restoration business. After being separated for 35 years, because our lives went in different paths, God restored the friendship, and it was just been the most amazing thing. And it was a couple months ago we were having having lunch at, at uh, I believe it was 54th Street in Edwardsville, and he asked me the question. Okay, we've been together for for three months or so, and, and catching up, and really having some real conversation. He goes, "Which are you, Republican or Democrat?" First of all, I was, I felt God pat me on the back that He had to ask the question. Okay? That was wonderful all by itself. But, but I, I've been through this before, uh, not a lot, but I've been through it before, and I looked at Him and I said, Jesus is my King. Who is, who, the party controlling the White House or the party that controls Congress, is of no consequence to me serving my king on a daily basis. And that's my focus. That's my focus. Yes, I vote. Okay, yes, I do hear the news. I am far more concerned with how I serve Jesus on a daily basis than taking a political position. And guys, that's what we need, that's where we need to be at. That's what we need to be doing. Uh, look at these passages here. In the notes, Romans chapter 15, verses 2 and 3, and then verses 5 and 6, it says, each of us should please our neighbors for their good, to build them up. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. Okay? Then he goes on, he says, May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude and mind of attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had. So that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh my goodness. Guys, you see, that is our goal is that we can have one mind and one voice to glorify God. That's what following Jesus is all about. He's called us back to the original job description that God gave humanity when He created Him, and that is to image Him, to represent Him. And that is our goal. You know what, you know what my problem with politics is? And political positions? Most of them... This is their position. 
I act right, now everybody else needs to act the way I want them to. You, you check that out. You check that out. That's what they're, everybody's trying to do. Okay, you want, I'll try to go evenly and, and bash both sides here, okay? Conservatives are looking to say, hey, listen, people are lazy. The people on welfare and, and, and we need to cut back on that to get more than the work. There's people taking advantage of the system and, and they may even quote the Bible. If the man won't work, won't let him eat. We need to get those people to act the way we want them to act. And the people on the other side says, we want the rich, greedy business owners to pay more money, pay more taxes and to pay more wages. Okay, I guess you can go on and on and on and on and on from there. And I'm not saying anything about if some of those things aren't right. Okay, rich, greedy business owners, that's not the kingdom way. We're talking about outside the kingdom. But my point is, guys, that's what it is. Politics want to control the other side. We want everybody to act the way we want it to be. And our focus should be on, as citizens of the kingdom, as followers of Jesus... My focus should be on how am I following Jesus? What am I doing? And guys, that's what it's, that's what it's at. That's the first thing. The second thing here is do I want to be righteous or do I want to be right? Okay? That is a standard. You want, and really what this is, guys, how did I term this? Standards of the kingdom for judging myself. You see, guys, who don't want to be right? You know, I found a simple way to, to, to bring a disagreement to an end, or at least for me to end it, and some of you have laughed at me about this. Right? Well, you may be right. Maybe wrong, too, but I don't tell them that part. Everybody wants to be right. How many times have you heard when somebody's spouting their position on someone, I'm right. I'm right. Hate being right all the time. (laughs) Yes, I want to be right. Okay? By the way, I encourage you to say, to to learn to say, you know, I'm happy being wrong. I I claim that right. I used to say that. I used to say that to other people, at least in my mind. I'd say, I'm going to give you the same right you're giving me. What's that? The right to be wrong. Okay, now it's like, oh. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm wrong. I don't care. I love the, I, love, I heard about this. I don't know who did it. Alan, it may have been you, or you may have heard a marriage, a marriage counselor's talking with, with a couple, and, you know, you want to talk about who's right and who's wrong, go into some marriage counseling. <laughs> and everybody, I'm right! This is the way it is, and they go to counseling to present their argument. Because they want to be right. And now they've got an arbitrator or judge that's going to tell them they're right and that they're presenting their case. And I've heard, I heard, again, I know you've quoted it if it wasn't you that originated with this, but they go, uh, the counselor told one of them, I want to say it was the husband, I've never seen somebody, anybody be so wrong being right. And what he, what he's saying is your position is right, but the way you're presenting it is wrong. Okay? You want to be right? Fine. You're going to be divorced. And so the question is, do you want to be right or you, do you want to be righteous? You see in the story what I talked about in, in, in Romans 14, go back and read it for yourself. Paul tells him who's right. And he gives both of them the same instructions to not judge. 
I love especially, he says, do not look with contempt. Ooh. On your brother. You see, why is that look with contempt? Because that's something that goes on internally. You see, that's what, that's what it is. It, you can, you can say, well, I'm right. They're wrong. And so now you're going to discount everything they say. I'm going to discount what they do. I'm going to judge them in my mind and look on them with contempt based off this one issue where I'm right and they're wrong. And so the question is, do I want to be righteous or do I want to be right? And guys, this is, this is just huge. This is just huge. And, and I'm not going to get into this real big. I, I highly encourage you to go read Romans 14 and 15 if you haven't caught that already, if you haven't done that already. Because basically what it says, give up your right. The verses I just read about Jesus were just that. He gave up His rights. If you go over and look at Philippians chapter 2, that is what it's all about. It tells us not to look not only to our interests, but also to the interests of others. And it goes on to say that that's what Jesus did. You see, because guys, He gave up His right to be God. I don't want to get caught. Go, go look at Philippians 2. That's what it says. He didn't cling to His right to be God Instead, he chose to come to earth to live as a human being. Okay? For us. He gave up his rights for us. He chose righteousness over his rights. Fourth thing, God. Third thing is, am I living by faith? You see, guys, that's the truth of the matter too. Is too many times we take a position, like in Romans 14, I believe you should eat meats. I believe you should eat only vegetables. And it's just our opinion. You understand what I'm saying? We're not coming to it based off allegiance to Jesus. It's just what we think is right. We're not pointing to what Jesus has to say. We're not pointing to what God has to say. We're simply, this is my opinion. And so guys, the question is, if you want to judge inside the kingdom, you need to make sure that you are living by faith. You are looking at what God's Word has to say. And you are making your decisions accordingly. Look at this, this is what it says in Romans 14, verses 22 and 23. So whatever you believe about these things, keep between yourself and God. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <clears throat> I'm gonna give you a paraphrase, Gary's paraphrase on that. Keep your mouth shut. Is that what it says? Am I missing something? Spot on. Okay. Blessed is the one who does not condemn himself by what he approve, approves, but whoever has doubts is condemned if they eat. Because their eating is not from faith. And everything does not come from faith is sin. You see guys, in this situation in Romans 14, there could be somebody saying, I believe it's fine for me to eat everything. And it's not an issue of faith. It's an issue of self-interest. 
because they like meat. (laughs) And guys, that's the question is, do I come to this by faith? Why do I believe this this belief? This position I'm taking is from Jesus. And understand, He may be telling you, keep your mouth shut about it. Lastly, guys, is do I value what Jesus values? I've already talked about giving up my rights. That's the first blank there, so I'm going to go on for time's sake. Uh, the second thing, second thing, second blank there is unity. Unity. And I'm going to read this verse. We read it earlier. May God, the God who gives endurance and encouragement gives you the, give you the same attitude of mind towards each other that Christ Jesus had so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see guys, here is, here is the truth of the matter. Okay? We are all representatives of Jesus. We are to, to represent God in this dark world outside of our gatherings, outside of our buildings. But when we get together... These are my words, but our, our glorification of God. What goes on inside the kingdom? What goes on inside the church? Should glorify God, God in a way that outshines what we do on our own. There should be this unity, and there should be this love, and there should be this acceptance. And for, for that unity to be achieved, what's that mean? Number one, yes, allegiance to Jesus, but to the point of where I'm going to give up what I think. I'm going to give up my rights to think, believe, and even to act for the sake of unity. Because that's what's going on in Romans 14. He's telling the guy who, who, who is right that he has the freedom to eat everything that if it's going to cause your brother to sin, if your brother's going to have a, a problem with it, you should not eat it. Then it becomes wrong for you to eat it, even though it's right, even though it's okay. Because why? Our unity should be valued. And the faith and the interests of each other should rise above our own. And you see, guys, that's the challenge because unity is the desire of our, of our king. If you go to John, if you, if you question that, you go to John 17. It's right before Jesus died. I don't know if it was in the garden or not. I believe that's debated. But anyway, he's, all John 17 is a prayer of Jesus right before he dies. And you know what he's praying about? Us. And you know what he's praying for? Unity. I mean, that's how important unity is to our King. And so guys, as as you think, I, I, I ask you, how important is unity to you? How much do you value it? How much do you want to see it? See, because it starts right here. It starts with the believers that we are closest to. 
See, the situation in Romans 14, he wasn't saying, hey, at church over in Ephesus, they're saying you can only eat vegetables, but still try to be united with them. No. It's going on in that local gathering. And guys, what goes on right here? And guys, I really want, I really want you to think about this, because I, 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 I hear things. Some of you have brought them to me. And I, I, I see it being a Romans 14 situation where there's judging going on. And there's one person looking at another with contempt. Okay? And it ain't about allegiance to Jesus. It ain't about allegiance to Jesus. And so guys, I, 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 I ask you to beg you to look at that. I beg you. The last thing here, guys, value what Jesus values, and that is peace. Peace. In Romans chapter 15, verse 13, Paul's getting towards the end of his, his closing comments on this topic, and this is what he says. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you know that person who can't live without drama? Do you know who they are? I think all of us are there at some point or another. We may not live there, but we get to the point where we enjoy the turmoil or we're used to it. And we, on some level, we value it because we don't move towards peace. And we need to understand that that is what we're after. Go, go, go to Galatians 5. Read about the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. Peace is in there. And you need to understand something, guys. Here, here's the, here's the thing. If you're in turmoil, Turmoil is not a fruit of the Spirit. Torment, anger, frustration, annoyance, contempt are not fruits of the Spirit. And so guys, when it comes to judging other people, we need to be looking for peace. We need to be seeking peace. And it needs to be a, be an issue where if we're judging, it's about allegiance to Jesus. It's not about me being right. If you're, if guys, if I if I believe you're following Jesus, guess what? I can ignore a lot. I can ignore a lot, guys. That's the end of my lesson. That's all I got. I don't have any notes here on what to say at the end. I apologize. So why don't I just pray and we'll be done, alrighty? Father, it is my desire and I believe it's your desire that everyone who claims your name as a Christian, as a disciple, as a follower, lives in true allegiance to you. Father, I believe when it comes to judging, This is just such a neglected area. Father, a misunderstood area. And an area where our personal desires 
get in the way. Father, you know I've prayed about it. I want allegiance to Jesus to be at the center of what we do here at the Greater Alton Church. I want it to be what we talk about before we talk about video games or sports or our job. And God forbid politics. Father, it is my desire that when we come together, we are able to say very quickly, pledge allegiance to Jesus. And if we're talking about work, we're talking about how it's a challenge to represent Jesus at work. Or how you've opened the door for us to represent you more clearly. Or about the decisions we've made to give up our rights so that we can represent you. But Father, I pray especially that this allegiance to Jesus shows in our relationships with one another. That that becomes our focus. Father, I know because we are humans and because we live in this country, we have thorns. A big thorn of self-interest that gets in our ways. Father, I pray You open each and every eye, each and every heart to seek true and consistent and growing allegiance to Jesus in an individual's life. And let that be the primary focus that any judging comes out of. And the one standard, Father, concerns our allegiance to Jesus and not to what we want. And it's in our King's name that we ask this. Amen.